Well, let's hope none of our friendships are based on which character we would put into which Hogwarts house. (laughs) We've had a good run, you guys. (laughs) The CW announces early renewals. The musical crossover gets a villain. And we combine Supergirl with Harry Potter. This This is Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Carly Lane. And I'm Morgan Glennon. And we're going to do something a little different uh, than we normally do, but we heard the Flash podcast do an episode where they sorted Flash characters into Harry Potter Hogwarts houses. And we thought it was so fun that we started talking about it amongst ourselves and thought we should do an episode where we sort Supergirl characters. So even though we don't have Draco Malfoy on our show, we don't have any Harry Potter people on Supergirl, but (laughs) we're going to do this anyway because it sounded like fun. And uh, so we hope everybody enjoys this. But before we get to the sorting, we need to get to the news. The CW Network has given early renewals to seven of its primetime series, including Supergirl for the 2017-2018 season. Yay! Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The announcement was made by President of the CW, Mark Pedowitz, during the network session at the Television Critics Association press tour. I never doubt it. Yeah, it's it's good that we're getting news that, uh, like, all of them, like Arrow, Mm -hmm. The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow. Legends of Tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The show I was most concerned about was Crazy Mm -hmm. Ex-Girlfriend. And I was, so, I, I felt like, a bad Supergirl and and of and Legends of Tomorrow fan. Uh, even though I do a podcast for them, I was way more excited for Crazy Ex Girlfriend uh, because I had uh, I wasn't sure that that was actually going to get renewed, and I felt pretty confident that Supergirl was fine. Yeah. Well, yeah, and then because Crazy X got bumped to Fridays, which is like a death slot, and and which is I, never a good sign. Well, because Supergirl bumped Crazy X Girlfriend, so because it used to be back to back with Jane the Virgin, and so when Supergirl mm. migrated over to the CW, it took the Crazy X Girlfriend. Uh, it 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 used to be Jane and then Crazy X Girlfriend after on Monday nights, and then when Supergirl came over. Supergirl took the lead in and then Jane the Virgin took the later slot and they bumped Crazy Ex-Girlfriend to Friday. So I was like, uh, I don't know how it's going to do. But in typical CW fashion, aside from, I think, one or two exceptions, they renew everything. CW was like, you get a renewal and you get a <laughs> renewal. You all get renewal. <laughs> See, my, my favorite, though, on this is like the, all the, the seven shows that got early renewal. Um, 
the majority of them are in the third or fourth season with the exception of Arrow, which is season six and Supernatural, which is season 13. Season 13. (laughs) I've I've said many times that like Supernatural is going to outlive us all. It's going to be like the only thing left on Earth is going to be like cockroaches and fresh new episodes of Supernatural. (laughs) It's terrible because Padowitz basically said as long as the the guys, the two main guys on the show want to keep doing it, they're going to keep renewing the show. And I was like, that's not a good reason to do anything. <laughs> but I do appreciate that he said that for them, the the renewals weren't necessarily about the ratings. Because I know with Crazy Ex-Girlfriend specifically, it didn't do as well this season. And they were actually worried about it. Like the show itself kept making meta references to, you know, the fact that they might not be coming back. So it was nice because he basically said, like, it wasn't necessarily about the ratings. They just know they wanted to keep their good shows. So I was like, I appreciate that. Well, and for in terms of the the CW superhero shows, I mean, we found out that they make like something like a billion dollars. Yeah. Off of these shows. So it's kind of a no brainer that they would bring them all back because they, they seem to benefit from having them on the network. So, yeah, it's it's very exciting. We get another season of Supergirl and we will have another. I think it's safe to say we'll have another season of Supergirl radio. Um, so uh, we don't have <laughs> canceled. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we have not sent out a press release, but we can verify that we'll have another season of Supergirl radio. Um, but we don't have a season uh, like specific premiere dates for season three, which I kind of wish I'm, I'm like, can we please go ahead? I need to plan for the summer. Hiatus. <laughs> so can we, please, can we please know? Rebecca's like already getting a calendar yes. together. <laughs> I've, I've got to organize what we're doing for the summer. So please let us know as soon as possible. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is very exciting. So we don't have to worry about it for the rest of the season, which is nice in terms of the story. Mm-hmm. We know that if they give us another who's in the pod cliffhanger, <laughs> um, which they'll probably announce who, who is in the whatever or whatever the cliffhanger is, they'll just tell us at some critics panel. It'll, it'll be fine. They'll just like put a picture of like whatever mystery, like at the end of the credits. <laughs> yeah. And it'll be like in the cliffhanger. You're like, what? Because <laughs> they don't need to worry about it. They're coming back. They know you're going to come back. <laughs> Um, so whatever last time they did a cliffhanger it turned out to be the worst decision they ever made <laughs> I, was about, I was about to make the comment that like uh, that Carly probably wishes we didn't know who was in the pod I still want it to be streaky I still want it to be we were we were so close we flew too close to the sun <laughs> oh, I'm still bitter yeah um, well, uh, well maybe they'll make it up to us this year for the uh, season 2 cliffhanger um, but we'll, we'll, we'll go into it and, and know that the show is coming back and so I think that'll make it easier for everybody so that's, that's actually true. very nice thank you so much for announcing that CW um, also at the TCA press tour uh, Greg Berlanti has confirmed that the big bad of the Supergirl Flash musical crossover episode will be the music meister uh, but as, as of right now nobody has been cast yet is anybody totally shocked that the music meister is <laughs> the villain? I have oh to say, gosh. I'm totally shocked. I thought that there was a whole bunch of musical-themed villains for them to choose from. <laughs> you know, there probably are. I shouldn't make that joke. Yeah, there's there's probably some in the, you know, the, the D-list 
probably somewhere in there. But uh, you know, I thought it was fun that uh, you know we had that episode where we talked to Keith Chow and we talked about the Music Meister. And and if you're wondering who the Music Meister is, go back and listen to that episode because we talk about uh, all the the things that the Music Meister can do, what his abilities are, and what he what he does to the characters on the uh, the Batman Brave and the Bold episode. So. I'm not shocked by this, but I'm excited because this is the first live-action incarnation of the Music Meister, so I'm very curious to see how they will pull this off and what they have him looking like and what songs they sing, so it's very exciting. And uh, a representative from the CW confirmed that actor Peter Gaudio will be playing Mr. Mizyes Pitalik, which is how I pronounce it, but I know a lot of people have other ways that they pronounce it, so I'm curious how the show is going to address him. But uh, Mr. Mizyes Pitalik will be in two episodes of Supergirl in Season 2. And, of course, the CW needed to confirm this because it was originally leaked by a tweet (laughs) from Canada Graphs on Twitter. Surprise, surprise, the paparazzi in Vancouver put out a spoiler <laughs> on Twitter. And uh, so uh, I guess this isn't too terrible. Paparazzi, please stop doing this. You're hurting Rebecca. <laughs> please stop taking uh, pictures that spoil things. But at least this isn't like so spoilery. Like it's not like spoiling somebody's death or anything. It's just a cast member. So that's that's nice that that's not, you know, something that I'd be really upset about. But they have confirmed that um, Mr. Mizjes Pitalik will be on, which is very cool. Um, And I don't know if you guys are uh, acquainted with this actor, but I know him from Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. He played Cyrus on that show. So I I liked him quite a bit. I think he's a a pretty good actor. So I'm excited to see what he he brings to Supergirl. Uh, Lastly, on March 18th, Supergirl will join Arrow, The Flash, and Legends of Tomorrow at this year's Paley Fest. To buy tickets, you can head over to paleyfest.org. And it looks like as of now, recording tickets are still available. It may not still be available <laughs> by the time people are listening to this, but you should, anybody that's in California, you should snatch that up because I would do that. Yeah, if you're in the Los Angeles area, uh, I would definitely check and see if there are tickets. And if you're not, um, they do stream, they usually stream the panels online so we'll be able to see it even if you can't be there so i'm assuming they'll do that again this year um so either way head over to paleyfest.org and check that out all right well we've gotten through all of our news items for this episode and we're going to get to the real reason why why we're (laughs) doing this episode is because we are going to sort supergirl characters into harry potter hogwarts houses which is very exciting and it will probably be a little controversial um i hope we can all maintain our friendship status after this um and so uh (laughs) so what i think what i think what we should do to start us off is because there might be people who listen to supergirl radio who are supergirl fans but they're not harry potter fans as well so we should probably uh, explain what this is what we're doing so the sorting hat um, according to Pottermore, which I think, if I know this correctly, is kind of the, the the canonized stuff. That's where all, like, the real Harry Potter information, if you need it, it's at Pottermore. So that's kind of what I trust Pottermore, uh, the website, uh, for. So according to Pottermore, the Sorting Hat, uh, it says that legend has it that the Sorting Hat once belonged to one of the four founders of Hogwarts, Godric Gryffindor. 
And it was enchanted by all four of the founders from uh, Gryffindor, Ravenclaw, Hufflepuff, and Slytherin to make sure that all the st- students were sorted into their houses. And they would be selected according to each founder's particular preferences and students. So all the different houses are kind of what those founders wanted them to be. And the sorting hat literally contains the intelligence of the four founders, can speak and is able to look into the wearer's head and know his or her capabilities or mood. And it can even respond to the thoughts of the wearer. So I think that's actually really important information for us to take into this discussion or this debate, if you will, because that could come into play. Uh, the, The sorting hat is notorious for refusing to admit it has made a mistake in its sorting of a student, which also might come into play with what we're doing. Um, and on occasions when Slytherins behave altruistically or selfishly, when Ravenclaws flunk all their exams, when Hufflepuffs prove lazy yet academically gifted, and when Gryffindors exhibit cowardice, the hat will back its original decision no matter what. So um, <laughs> uh, so even, even if the hat maybe has made some mistakes, it will be like, I'm sticking to it. Um, and Pottermore also made mention of something called a hat stall, which is, quote, an archaic Hogwarts term for any new student whose sorting takes longer than five minutes, unquote. So we're not going to have any hat stalls on this episode of Supergirl Radio. So we have to make a decision within five minutes. Um, so take that into consideration, everyone on this episode, no longer than five minutes. Um, so in getting into the houses, uh, into the different um, founders' houses, um, I'll start us off kind of discussing Hufflepuff is one of the houses. So according to Pottermore, Hufflepuffs value hard work, patience, loyalty, and fair play. And uh, I also found some traits of Hufflepuffs being hardworking, friendly, loyal, honest, and impartial. So when we talk about Hufflepuffs, that's kind of what we're talking about there. Um, Carly, do you want to take us through what what makes a Ravenclaw? Yes, as a Ravenclaw, I will. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, According to Pottermore, Ravenclaws prize wit, learning, and wisdom. It's an ethos etched into founder Rowena Ravenclaw's diadem. Wit beyond measure is man's greatest treasure. Uh, Ravenclaw house traits include wit, wisdom, and intellect. Morgan, will you take us through Slytherin? Of course. So Slytherin um, produces more than a chair of dark wizards, which is a great way to start out your house. (laughs) Um, It also also turns out uh, leaders who are proud, ambitious, and cunning. Merlin is one particularly famous Slytherin. So that's an interesting fun Mm -hmm. fact for you Slytherins. Um, (laughs) Traits are ambitious, shrewd, and cunning. Well, and it also continues down. Oh, and strong leaders. Oh, hold on. Ah, sorry. Um, strong leaders, achievement-oriented, clever, resourceful, determination, a certain disregard for the rules, uh, according to Dumbledore, and uh, blood purity, which seems like a weird one. <laughs> that is a weird one, but it's one. It's like, I, I got in because of blood purity. Well, you know, that, that happens. It is. It is. I feel like a that's. Thing that I feel happens. like that's how Draco gets everything in <laughs> in his life. Yeah. Blood purity? <laughs> question mark. I uh, just like the question mark. After yeah. It. Yeah. I'm. I'm not real sure how that works, but uh, that is something that is is associated with this the the Slytherin. Oh well, it's, 
It's cause, because Slytherin prides itself on pure-blooded right. wizards. So basically right. anyone who's the child of two wizards as opposed to being the child of, like, a wizard and a muggle. So they're very strict about who gets in in terms of yeah. like basically, basically, yeah, like, your whole family is a wizarding family. So, like, like, the Weasleys or, like, the Malfoys, like, anybody that, be, like, Hermione wouldn't, they don't think she's a, she's a mudblood because she's technically, which is a bad word in Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. But they, Should but I censor that? Be, I know, right? <laughs> because she's the parent. She's the uh, the product of two muggles, so you know they don't look. They look down on other people that are less pure, which is you know says a lot right there. <laughs> <laughs> right, and the last house that we have to consider for our choices is Gryffindor, and according to Pottermore, uh, Gryffindors um, are associated. With a lion as its crest and Professor McGonagall as its head, Gryffindor is the house which most values the virtues of courage, bravery, and determination, unquote. And traits of Gryffindors uh, are daring, nerve, chivalry, courage, and bravery. So if you're uh, in the Gryffindor house, you display those traits. So now that we've kind of laid our groundwork and and what everything is what the sorting hat does and what all the houses are and all all the traits for all these characters and uh all these uh different founders what they valued let's get into the the big part of what we're doing so um i think before we start sorting supergirl characters i think we should go around and because i think we've all sorted ourselves Yep. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Like huge nerds that we are. And I, I think we should lay out our bias um, because I don't know if that would ever come to play, but I think we should go around and uh, tell the listeners which houses we are actually in. So, Carly, um, which house are you part of? I already said it, but I'm a Ravenclaw. I mean, pretty much from the beginning. It's kind of funny, like when I first read the books, because everybody who reads the books like sorts themselves. So I was like, yeah, I'm, I feel like I fit most in, in, I would fit most in that house. And then I took the quiz on Pottermore and it confirmed it. So, (laughs) (laughs) so uh, Morgan, what house do you belong to? I think Hufflepuff, although Pottermore put me into Gryffindor. So even though obviously Pottermore is the authority on house sorting, I then took a series to prepare for this podcast. You guys, I took a <laughs> series of what Harry Potter house should you be in, and I got Hufflepuff like almost every single time. Oh. One time I got like Ravenclaw, and another time I got Gryffindor again. Hmm. But but just by I never got Slytherin, so that's the one I know I'm not in. But uh, <laughs> I think. I think just sort of pulling all of them, it seems like more like I'm on the Hufflepuff side. I might be on the Hufflepuff-Gryffindor divide, but I'm going to put myself into Hufflepuff because they seem like they have a pretty chill, laid-back vibe, and I'm, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat, actually, Morgan. Um, Pottermore uh, sorted me into Gryffindor, and part of me thinks that I'm, I, it's one of those things where, you know, like, you might have some of those traits, but if we're going by like what you value, it could be something different. Uh, you might display a That's certain. True. You might display a certain trait grouping, but then you value some other traits. So I think Gryffindor. Maybe you could argue that I display some. I would like to think I display some of those traits at least. But if we're talking about things I value. 
Um, like I basically, if you've seen the pilot episode of 30 Rock in the very opening scene where Liz Lemon starts fussing at this dude about the hot dog stand line, if you know what I'm talking about, like I feel like that's, <laughs> that's me. That is me. And uh, Hufflepuffs are all about fair play. So um, I think that I would put myself that, that's, into That's Hufflepuff. so funny that you mentioned that. I have gone on several rants about how we live in a society and there are rules for a reason. And like, why are these people doing this? So I think that I, I'm now I'm starting, you're talking me into being like more Hufflepuff now. Yeah, I think, and, and I, I have a friend who, who always associates loyalty with me. Uh, which I take as a, a huge comp- compliment. Um, so I, I, that's also a Hufflepuff trait. So I think that I squarely fit into Hufflepuff. But for some reason, Pottermore put me in Gryffindor. So I, t- I take that as a compliment, too. So I don't know which one I want to be in. Maybe I want to be in Gryffindor, but maybe I display some of the Hufflepuff. I don't know. It's it's debatable. So I think I, think I would have a hard time. I think... I would, t- if it was me, I think I, w- if I was under the hat, I think I would talk the hat into putting me into Gryffindor. So maybe that makes me a Gryffindor. I don't know. Yeah, because the hat, the hat listens. The, the hat knows. The hat, the hat does con- take into consideration which one you want to be in. So I think even though maybe, maybe I would be a Hufflepuff, really, I think I would talk the hat into being a Gryffindor. So. interesting that is that is very interesting well it's funny because like when it, it sorted me into Gryffindor I went like Gryffindor like, <laughs> like, every other test I had ever taken like had always put me into Hufflepuff and I was like hmm how about that mm-hmm. yeah so it, that's how intriguing this, this is how this could go it could <laughs> it could be any number <laughs> of combinations um, so, uh, I think the first character that we should start with is obviously Supergirl. I think, um, we should, we should g- just go straight for it. And I don't know about you guys. I-, I struggled with this when kind of listing out the characters. Should we sort Supergirl individually or should we just take all of Kara Danvers as a whole and sort her? Cause there, there could hmm. be, there could be an argument to sorting, sorting Kara by herself and sorting Supergirl by herself. I don't know. I've always been one of those people who, who always feel like super, you know, when they talk about Superman and Clark Kent, I've always felt like they're the same person. Okay. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm on that side of the divide. So I also think that, that Kara and Supergirl are the same. So even though like Supergirl is kind of her job, but I don't think it's a completely separate person okay. to who she is as, as Kara. Cause I don't think that, it's not like Superman where he like, I, I feel like her personality as both are kind of the same. Like she's not trying to put on like a disguise and be more bumbling as Kara Danvers as she is as Supergirl. So, right. I don't okay. know. It, Maybe Car- I'm talking Car- myself out of this. <laughs> Carly, are you okay with that? Is sorting just the, the entirety of Kara Danvers and Supergirl? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> okay. All right. I just want to put us all on the, the same playing field. Okay. So, uh, Carly, what would your choice, if you were going to sort Kara slash Supergirl into a house, where would you put her? Okay. So I'm just prefacing this whole thing by saying I didn't make a list and I didn't plan any of this beforehand. So this is literally <laughs> like all my choices are going to be like sorting hat off the cuff. Just, like, just remember no hat stalls under five putting, minutes. Putting the hat on 
right away and we're gonna so i mean i will say when when the flash podcast started talking about theirs their sorting hat episode and there were people that were tweeting at me talking about supergirl and what how she would be in and a lot of people are saying gryffindor a lot of people are saying hufflepuff i feel like for for supergirl it would be like a harry potter situation where the sorting hat would go on her head and it would be a toss-up and then she would choose which house she wanted to be in so like between Gryffindor and Hufflepuff. Because I feel like she has qualities of both. You know, she she has the loyalty of Hufflepuff and she has the friendliness of Hufflepuff, but then she has the bravery and the courage and the guts of Gryffindor. So, but I feel like in the end, it would be a Harry Potter type situation where the hat would be like, okay, you pick. And then she would decide which one she wanted. Do you have any guesses as to what she would pick? I, hmm... I think she would pick Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff. <laughs> I can't say it. I think she would she would choose Hufflepuff, but maybe she would just hang out with Gryffindors a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Carly, are you going to go Hufflepuff on this one? Yeah, I'll say Hufflepuff. All right, so Morgan, what are your thoughts? Where would you put uh, Cara Danvers slash Supergirl? Hmm. Gryffindor. I just wanted <laughs> to say that. Uh, but I, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with Carly, actually. I think she would be on that Gryffindor Hufflepuff divide that we were just talking about um, because she's got a lot of the like attributes of both. But I just think that like the Supergirl-ness would throw her into Gryffindor because mm-hmm. I feel like when it comes down to it, she's always going to rush into danger first if there's somebody in trouble, she's always going to be there, like, even if it's a trap or even if there's, like, something else going on. Um, so I think that the bravery sort of ends up outweighing some of the, the more puff traits. <laughs> well, it's it's interesting that you mentioned Supergirl being is the reason that you would put her in Gryffindor, because I actually think it's the Kara part that would put her, because I, I, I sorted her into Gryffindor. And the reason I did was because of her as a little girl, because of her as a young kid, where she is faced with this situation in her life where she has to say goodbye to her parents, say goodbye to her world, say goodbye to everything she's ever known, and literally be shipped off by herself into the unknown. (laughs) And that, I can't even imagine how brave you have to be as a kid to do that and still come out on the other side and be optimistic and hopeful and want to help other people and I think that's what makes Supergirl and Kara fit into Gryffindor for me because I think she internalizes what she went through and uses that to help other people so that's why I would put her in Gryffindor and the reason I've noticed that Gryffindor and Hufflepuff is where most people lie. It's either one of those two houses. And here's the reason I don't think she belongs in Hufflepuff. Because Hufflepuffs are hardworking. And let's be honest, Cara Danvers, if she doesn't have to be at her job, she's not going to do her job. She's not going to be at CatCo. <laughs> Even though Cara's pretty loyal, um, although there's the whole tricking Cat Grant thing that I think makes that a little sketchy. 
and the secret identity doesn't bode well for like Hufflepuffs and their honesty. Because, I mean, you're sort of lying to people. So I think there are things about Hufflepuff that she doesn't qualify for. So that's why I, guess, I would put her into Gryffindor. Yeah, I mean, I guess the biggest reason that I picked Hufflepuff for her was because the the whole friendly friendliness loyalty aspect of it, just because I feel like anytime she goes up against a bad guy, she always tries to connect with them on a personal level before she resorts to just like punching them in the face. Like, I feel like, I feel like she at least tries to kind of sympathize with them. Like, and then, you know, if, if it turns out they're kind of like, there's no chance of getting through to them, then she resorts to it. But I always feel like that's a last resort for her. She definitely does. And I think that's a fair point. So we, we've got some <laughs> differences on that one. Um, but I, I think I should share what, because um, I put a little Twitter poll out before we recorded this, and we we got a, a, a good amount of responses. Um, so I'm refreshing the page. We had 97 votes, and this is within just a couple of hours. So unfortunately, this is not going to let everybody have a chance to vote before we record this. Um, but I asked people on Twitter if they were going to sort a Supergirl slash car, where would they put her? And out of 97 votes, 53% said Gryffindor, uh, 5% said Slytherin, 34% said Hufflepuff, and 8% said Ravenclaw. So it sounds like the listeners and our Twitter followers had s- some of the same debates and some of the same thoughts that we did between Gryffindor and Hufflepuff. So I think that's pretty fair. And we got some responses, actually, from some listeners about why they chose Hufflepuff. We got some responses about Hufflepuff. Um, Carly, since you normally read our Twitter uh, thoughts and feedback, do you uh, <laughs> do you want to read those? Yeah. Uh, at Matt Rushing 2 says, Hufflepuff, because of her vivacious attitude and her care for others and joy. Uh, at Katz Zutanska says Hufflepuff loves food, <laughs> loyal to family and friends, uh, works really hard, sees the best in everyone, not prideful or cocky like a Gryffindor. Uh, at Avenger at Heart says Hufflepuff, she just cares so much about everybody. Yeah, so uh, a lot of listeners said Hufflepuff, although I would maybe disagree a little bit about the, the prideful and cocky thing. Sometimes I think Supergirl has a little little swagger to her she has overconfidence (laughs) sometimes like she's a little think about like the flash crossover episode like she kind of rushed into you know fighting on that one (laughs) first time around yeah so i i think that's the only thing that i would be like yeah i think that would put her in gryffindor if you're looking at it that way but um some 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 good thoughts about hufflepuff there um, all right, so we've we've sorted Kara, and uh, the next character we probably should get to is her uh, adoptive sister, Alex, Alex Danvers. Where would we put her? So, Carly, where are you going to put Alex into uh, the Hogwarts houses? I'm putting Alex in Slytherin, and I have... <gasps> <laughs> I, I, justify I actually, yourself carly <laughs> i will say i will <laughs> I, I actually she if anything i was if i i i know i said a, that i wasn't giving a lot of thought to this but i was thinking about that earlier today i think it was because you posted that clip rebecca saying that you were doing research and it was like a clip of alex's flashback and i was like oh yeah she was like a bad girl a little bit um <laughs> 
But, you know, I know Slytherin gets a bad rap, but come on, guys. It's not... There's there's qualities I think that she definitely personifies. Like she's she's got the resourcefulness and the determination and like a little bit of a disregard for the rules. I mean, come on, how many times has she charged off, you know, without telling anybody in the DEO where she's going, doesn't call for backup, just rushes off into danger, <laughs> doesn't call Kara. Um, you know, and I think she also kind of has like that ambition and and she's a good leader. So in her own right, like outside of, you know, having to team up with Kara for stuff. So I would put her in Slytherin. I think there's other quality. I think she could also fit Ravenclaw a little bit, but I think she overall, she's more Slytherin for me. Fair enough. I, I would buy that explanation. Uh, Morgan, Interesting. <laughs> Morgan, where would you put I, Alex? I had not even considered Slytherin for Alex. But you almost convinced me. <laughs> it's and not a I, bad thing. I, I, I don't honestly, and I'm, it's not a bad thing. I honestly think I, I went over it in my head earlier and I was like, you know what? It just makes sense. Like given that she's had a rebelliousness that we've seen and is can be kind of a little bit reckless at times. Um, I don't know. It just made the most sense to me overall. Hmm. So I, w- I was thinking of Ravenclaw for Alex. I, Cause I think that she's got that sort of like intelligence and it's not just that she's like smart and kind of tactical, but she's also, you know, has all this, uh, didn't she go to, she went to medical school or. Yeah. We're still kind of, uh, wishy-washy about <laughs> she, that because she there's has some, some weird sort of science, medical knowledge. science thing. Yeah. We haven't, we haven't tapped down exactly what kind of science knowledge <laughs> she has, but, uh, it's the plot convenient kind. Uh, but I think that she's, uh, I think she's, she's pretty smart. So I think Ra- I think Ravenclaw, although Carly, Carly has some good arguments. Yeah, I would put Alex in Ravenclaw as well. I think she could go into Gryffindor because she's definitely brave. She's definitely, you know, courageous. I mean, she's a human who goes out and fights these aliens like every day. So I think she's she definitely has has that um, that bravery aspect of her. But I would put her into Ravenclaw because she was actually recruited by Hank Henshaw because of her intellect, because of her scientific mind. And I think when I think of Alex, you know, she, uh, not a lot of the time, but there are times at the DEO where she has to interject about something because she knows it, you know, up in her brain. Like, it's, it's, it's her adding to the information based on what she knows, and then she goes out and physically fights. So I would put her in Ravenclaw because of her intelligence, and Ravenclaws also are all about wisdom. And when I think of Alex, I think of Kara's big sister, who is sometimes her mentor, sometimes is the person who has to be there for her sister and look out for her sister and help her sister through all of these situations. So I sort of likened her as a Ravenclaw because of her wisdom as well. So I would definitely flat out put her into Ravenclaw. All right, so let's get to James Olsen. James the Grown Man Olsen. Where are we going to put him? Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, Carly, where would you sort James? I, mm, I'm Yeah, when I, was thinking of, when I was thinking about all of these, it, this was one of the hardest for me. <laughs> I'm going to say Hufflepuff for James the Grown Man Olsen. Because I think, I think overall he 
he fits the Hufflepuff house the best in terms of like his friendship and his loyalty to first to Clark and then to Kara and everybody there and like helping with the DEO and stuff. I mean, he's not entirely honest because he's lying right now about uh, <laughs> Guardian. But I, but I think overall, like he is. To me, when I think of when I think of him, I think Hufflepuff. I think that's fair, uh, Morgan. Where would you put him? Yeah, I had such a hard time, um, so I ended up going back and forth between Hufflepuff and Gryffindor for James, the grown man Olsen, <laughs> because. <laughs> uh, all the things that Carly said about him being a Hufflepuff, you know, the loyalty and, uh, you know, how he sort of looks out for his friends and his group of people. But then uh, Gryffindor, I just think that, like, he... I, I feel like, okay, if I was going to sort him and cheat, <laughs> I feel like he's a Hufflepuff who really desperately wants to be a Gryffindor. So he's like a Hufflepuff, like, wearing all the Gryffindor colors <laughs> and being like, guys, I'm a Gryffindor. And then, like, riding around on his little motorcycle with his shield. Uh, so I'm going to I'm gonna agree with Carly. I think he's a Hufflepuff. But I think, like, it, in his heart, he just wants to be a Gryffindor so bad. So a part of me wants to give that to him. Uh, so so morgan i'm i'm very close to what you just said but i think i'm going to take it one step further i think he's Mm -hmm. he's sort of a harry potter situation where the the hat would say oh you you look like you're a hufflepuff but i think james would talk the hat into being in gryffindor because (laughs) he's made a big deal this season about how he doesn't want to be the sidekick anymore he doesn't want to you know be on the outskirts of things. He wants to get in there. He wants to be the hero and he wants to go out and do all of the things that he's seen these superheroes do. And he's developed this hero figure for himself, this, this thing that he wants to assume the mantle of. And so I think he would want to be in Gryffindor. And so I think that's where the hat would put him um, because he is brave. I mean, he, he has shown, even though I don't really care much for the Guardian storyline, he has sh- been shown to be brave. He has, he, he's, he's like Alex. He, you know, he's a, a human being who goes out there and he could get hit. He could get hurt. He could get killed. But he goes out and does it because he, I think he genuinely wants to help people. But there's a little part of him, I think, who is a little egotistical and, and, and needs that validation. But I do think the hat would put him in Gryffindor. So I'm going to put him in Gryffindor. Uh, so let's get to uh, a car- one of Carly's favorite characters, um, Jean Jones slash Martian Manhunter. So Carly, where would you put our, our favorite last son of Mars? Last son of Mars, I would I would put him in Ravenclaw. I feel like he he's, if anything, I feel like this season he's been a good source of wisdom and advice and like we've seen him with miss martian and kind of trying to be there for her but also give some he's you know surrogate dad to Kara and alex and he always tries to have little talks with them encouraging them and passing on what he's learned but i also feel like he's just he's i don't know like he's he always has these kind of little smart funny (laughs) one-liners So, but he, I think at the same time, he's also a very, like, he, he strikes me a lot of the time as being like a, a, more of a thinker than a doer. A lot of times, like he'll kind of just sit back 
in certain scenes with everybody, everybody else is talking. Usually it's like when, or somebody's like, blah, 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 and he's just kind of like, okay, so what are we going to do now? And kind of like brings everybody back to like, this is the game plan. You know what I mean? But he's, but he's not necessarily on the front lines because that's, you know, that's Kara's job. So he's, you know, he, he, he tends to kind of work behind the scenes or, you know, offer support where needed. So that's why I feel like he's a Ravenclaw for me. Morgan, where would you put the Martian Manhunter? <sighs> it's so tough because every time Carly says it, I like just want to steal her answer. <laughs> but Carly keeps on convincing me to like to to question my Sorting Hat decisions. <laughs> I'm questioning everything now. Um, so I was I was thinking of putting him in Gryffindor. Um, but now, I mean, that's a really good case for Ravenclaw. Um, but I'm going to stick to my guns, uh, and <laughs> stick and put him in Gryffindor. I think, uh, he's got the bravery, um, and sort of like the self-sacrificing kind of thing. Um, they think of with, um, Gryffindor, but, um, especially I think he's got like those like leadership abilities that I've kind of in my head sort of go along with the, the Gryffindor house. So I think... I think Gryffindor for him. That's funny that you mention leadership because I associate that with the Slytherin house. Very strong leaders mm. in Slytherin. So I think I would put um, our, our favorite uh, Martian in Slytherin because he's the director of the DEO. So he he is the leader. He He's the, the leader of all of his teams. He has to be achievement oriented to get his job done. And uh, he, he can be clever and resourceful when needed uh, with all of his powers and abilities. We've seen him shapeshift. We've seen him do all of these awesome things. So I think I would put him very firmly in Slytherin. I, I, for me, I don't think he goes in any other house. I would say Slytherin for him. So let's Ooh, get... interesting. I don't want to be controversial, but he, he's, he's, <laughs> he's going in that house. Uh, well, because like now I'm thinking like, oh, he is in charge of like a, a secret underground government agency that that kind of just sort of locks up aliens without any like due process. I'm like, he is kind of Slytherin-y. Yeah, I mean, there's a case to be mm-hmm. made. There's uh-huh. a case to be made. Uh, so let's get to Winshot. Uh, where does everybody want to put him? Carly, we'll start with you. I think for me, he's a Ravenclaw just because I feel like he's so brilliant especially with the technology stuff. Like he, he puts together all this, even before he was working for the DEO, he put together that whole little like team Supergirl special office with all the computers and stuff. And I, and I always feel like he's, he's quick with the one liners and has his own little, like, you know, he, I mean, if anything, the unfortunate part, I think this season is that they used him for a lot of like, the tech heavy exposition dialogue. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, maybe that's why he I think he's really smart. But no, I think think that's just part of his character. Like even from the beginning, he was kind of the smart nerdy guy. So I feel like for me, he's a Ravenclaw. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Morgan, where would you put when? Yeah. Ravenclaw for me too. I just think, yeah, he's, he's really smart. He's like the guy that you turn to when you have some sort of technical problem. So I think that that, that sort of all speaks to Ravenclaw for me. I am going to put him in Hufflepuff because I think his two biggest qualities that sort of put him there are his loyalty and his hard workingness. 
I don't know if that's the word. There might be a better word for that. <laughs> um, but I thought, you know, when I was thinking about when, I was thinking about that love triangle that nobody really liked, where even after Kara sort of turned down his romantic advances, he still wanted to be her friend, and he still continued to be her friend and be there any time that uh, she needed him, no matter what, even if maybe she's not into him in that way. He's still there for her. And um, when I was thinking about Wynn being a hard worker, I was like, you know, he's putting in a lot of hours in season two in his day because not only is he working at the DEO (laughs) full time, he's putting in a lot of hours at the DEO. Then after he he gets off work, he's helping James with his little guardian business. So he's working pretty much probably all day, maybe all night, depending on how long the guardian's out patrolling National City. So I think he's definitely a hard worker. Uh, probably more, he probably works more than he should. He maybe should go home and get some sleep because uh, that's, <laughs> that's not healthy for you when. Um, but I would definitely put him in Hufflepuff. All right, so Cat Grant. This, this should be a fun one. Uh, Carly, where would you put Cat <laughs> Grant? I'm three for three with Ravenclaw, but I'm, I feel like, I, I, I don't know. I feel like that for Cat, I feel like the 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 wit and the and the intellect aspects of Ravenclaw just edge out everything else for me because I was tempted to put her in Slytherin, but then I was like, you know what though? Like, if anybody is the snappiest, you know, got the snappiest dialogue on the show and like can really see to the to the heart of people, I still think she knows that Cara is Supergirl. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna remain convinced of that. I just, I feel like she can, you know, she can pinpoint, like, zero in on stuff really well. She she figures out a situation really fast, and she's got it handled. You know, she figured out uh, Silver Banshee, who, you know, Siobhan was Silver Banshee, like, right away. Um, she I think she, like, figured out Barry Allen was the Flash <laughs> yeah. within two seconds of meeting him. Um, so I think, I think she's just got the smarts for Ravenclaw that, for me make it I don't know I feel like that edges that edges out over Slytherin for me which was my other choice okay okay all right Morgan where would you put Kat I think she's uh, yeah I think she's Slytherin um she's got that sort of she's ambitious she's cunning she's got the leadership abilities and I think she's very much a person who is loyal um very loyal but only to a small amount of people so like if you make it into like her circle of trust, like you're good. Like she'll take a bullet for you, but if not, eh, she doesn't really care about you. Uh, and I think that's a very Slytherin, uh, trait. Oh yes. I, I, like if you, if you were to put somebody's picture next to the definition of a Slytherin, Cat Grant all the way, I think she is the <laughs> definition of a Slytherin. I would definitely put her in there. Um, and I think it, for for me, it's, you know, all the reasons you mentioned, Morgan, I, I think she definitely values uh, someone being ambitious. She was always pushing Kara to be more than she thought she could be. Um, she she definitely was achievement-oriented. <laughs> Although maybe she didn't accomplish everything. Maybe she needed Kara to go do things for her. But she was achievement-oriented. Um, and, uh, uh, and I think also, uh, being a strong leader is part of Cat Grant's character because she, 
you know, built this media company from the ground up and she had a bunch of employees and she stuck up for them sometimes when needed. Um, so I, I think that that's, those are all the things that Cat Grant would value. So um, I would definitely put her in Slytherin. Um, uh, I, I hate to make Carly talk about this character. Um, <laughs> but I can't, I, I was like, I've been waiting for this one the whole episode so far. <laughs> but we've gotten to the Monel portion of the sorting. And Carly, I'm very curious to, to, to hear what you have to say about this. So, where would you put Monel? Monel goes in no house. He's a squib, he's non magic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even get to go to Hogwarts. He's like he's like He's the squib janitor who has a cat and lives in the dungeon. <laughs> Dad, what was the cat's name in in, in, uh, in uh, Harry oh Potter? Oh my gosh! It's like M- Mrs. Like Nor- something or other. How am I blanking on it, that? Mrs. Norris. Mrs. Norris. Mrs. That's Norris. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, now I'm imagining Monel like walking around with like a cat, like talking to it. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a clever way to go about it. I think that's uh, that you, 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 I refuse to sort him. He's a squib. <laughs> you justified it well. You have a good reasoning, and I buy it. Uh, so that's f- fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Morgan, uh, what what would you say to that? Well, I feel like I'm not going to top that. That's probably like our best ever sorting. But <laughs> if I if I was going to sort him, I think it'd be Slytherin. Because I think that he's pretty self-interested. And while he can do good things, I feel like a lot of it comes from, like, he'll do good deeds, but, like, for somebody else. So, like, he'll, he's trying to be, like, a, like a better superhero or, like, save people. But a lot of that's, like, for Kara. <laughs> uh, so I think he has, like, he's probably pretty loyal to the people he cares about. And he'll, he'll do good things for them. But if it was up to him, I don't think it's like intrinsically motivated, like, you know, running into danger, kind of Gryffindor bravery. So I'm going to go with Slytherin. Fair enough. Uh, I, I, this might be an unpopular choice, but I think I'm going to put Monel in Gryffindor if I had to pick one. Um, and the Gryffindor. Re- <laughs> Gryffindor. <laughs> uh, the reason I would put him in there um, is mainly just that one scene that we saw where everybody was sort of doubting him and how he would be able to help people. And, you know, he had his little (laughs) interaction with Brian, the alien, and he showed up when it counted. He showed up when parasite was causing trouble and he tried to help people. And I think in him somewhere is a hero who wants to help. And so I think that bravery and that, that want that desire to be brave, I think is why I would put him in Gryffindor. So, um, and now we're getting to the fun portion of the, we've, we've had some fun sorting, but maybe this might be my favorite part. Um, let's get to some Luthers. Uh, we haven't really talked about um, some bad guys. So uh, let's hit Lena first. Um, Carly, where would you sort Lena Luther? I feel like she's a Slytherin. I think because for me, she meets like the ambition and the resourcefulness aspects the most out of everything like she's a good friend to Kara but I feel like there's still a lot we don't know about her and can we completely trust her that's not clear yet and like what's her exact allegiance to her mom we don't know but (laughs) but 
we know she's a strong leader because she's basically taking the revamped L Corp and trying to make it her own. Um, and so I think for me, I would put her in Slytherin. All right. Morgan, where would you put Lena? I was between Slytherin and Ravenclaw for her because I feel like she's really smart and like very strategic, like a Ravenclaw. And and we saw in that one episode where like her and Wynn like dive under the table and they're like do like talking all this like, you know, science talk. And I was like, wow, Lena Luther knows science stuff. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so that like that led me towards Ravenclaw. But then I kept remembering all the time she's been like crazy shady, like all, like at the roulette. Like there was a question about whether or not she was the one who got roulette out of prison. And I was like, I just feel like it's got to be Slytherin. It's it's just there, we have too many questions about her for me to put her in Ravenclaw. So although I think that she's kind of borderline and I could, I could accept a Ravenclaw argument, I think Slytherin. We might be three for three on this one. Is this the first time we've all agreed? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I think I th- definitely Slytherin. I think she, she like Cat Grant, she fits everything. She's ambitious. She's shrewd. She's cunning. She's all about those achievements. <laughs> uh, she's clever. She's resourceful, determined, strong leader, everything. Uh, so I would definitely put her in Slytherin. So Slytherin's all around. Uh, Lillian Luther, let's get to her mother, um, the doctor that we love so much. Uh, Carly, where would you put Lillian Luther? Uh, I feel like it would be like Draco Malfoy where the sorting hat barely touches her head and it would say Slytherin. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't even need to say why. It's just Slytherin. There's no other reason. Morgan, what what are your thoughts? Where would you put Lillian? 100% agree with that. Yeah, I think that that the, the, the sorting hat would get like a mile like above her head and then they would just be like Slytherin (laughs) I would also put her in Slytherin and I think the the trait that sticks out to me with her is that the the quote from Albus Dumbledore about the certain disregard for the rules I think she Mm -hmm. has a lot of disregards for all the rules so I would definitely put her (laughs) in Slytherin Uh, so those are pretty easy I think I don't think we had to debate on those too much. Uh, So let's get to Maggie Sawyer. Uh, Carly, where would you put her? Um, she was kind of tough for me. I, mm, I feel like for me, the she's, she has the bravery and the kind of like the daring. So I think I would put her in Gryffindor just cause I, I don't know. As of right now, I feel like it's hard for me to see her in any other house, but She's definitely shown time and time again that she's willing to just run into danger. You know, the kind of danger, too, that, like, you know, we saw her and Alex and Supergirl go up against Roulette. And and she was like, she's going up against a meta and she's, you know, she's managing to kind of hold her own at least a little bit. So to me, that's brave. Anybody that's willing, anybody that's a normal human that's willing to take on like a meta is, you know, that's courageous to me. So I would put her in Gryffindor. For sure. Uh, Morgan, where would you put Maggie? Yeah, I would also put her in Gryffindor. I I think it might have been that episode with Roulette, but like when we see her, like them all fighting and at the end, she's kind of like, that was fun. Um, Oh yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think that like not only is she brave, but I think she kind of gets off on danger a little bit. I think she likes the thrill and that's a very Gryffindor trait. 
I sort of miss when we disagreed. Uh, I would put Maggie in <laughs> Gryffindor too. <laughs> so um, I, I don't think we we had to really think about that one too much. Uh, yeah, for all the same reasons. I, I think the fact that she's a human being who is willing to go out and fight aliens. Um, that I mean, that's that seems like a no brainer to me. She's she's super brave. Um, and I thought we might have a little fun with the last <laughs> the last couple of characters um, because I think we've gotten through most of the the main cast. So let's let, we can do some quick fire uh, lightning round stuff on these. Um, uh, let's let's sort uh, one of our favorite characters that we talk about on this podcast quite a bit. Uh, let's talk about Kelly. Where would we put? Kelly, the cat co-employee <laughs> who met her untimely end. Uh, Carly, where would you sort Kelly? I would say Hufflepuff, but then posthumously uh, make her an honorary Gryffindor because she deserved it. Oh, oh, I like that. So, so she, so initially she would be Hufflepuff, and then after she died, they they would they would name her Gryffindor too. Oh. I, I like the thought that they might have a special ceremony for Kelly. I feel, I feel, I feel like we, we would, yeah. Um, uh, fair enough. All right, Morgan, where would you put Kelly? First of all, R.I.P. Kelly, never forget. <laughs> um, I'm going to go way out there. I'm going to put Kelly in Slytherin. I think that secretly Kelly had a dark side, <laughs> and at some point we're going to learn about it, and it's going to be frightening. <laughs> You know what? I can't argue with that because we don't know. We don't know <laughs> what was in her personal life. We don't know what she was doing. She could have had a dark side. That is a fair point. So I, I'm willing to accept that. I would Thank put you. I would put <laughs> I would put Kelly in Hufflepuff <laughs> because she was a loyal and hardworking Catco employee. Even yep. to the end, she died outside <laughs> of Catco. She died because she was at work. So, uh, so I, 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 would, I would put her in Hufflepuff. Um, and uh, now we're going to get to our, our new favorite character, our new favorite minor character from season two. Uh, let's sort Brian the alien just for funsies. Uh, Carly, where would you put Brian? Uh, I think I would make Brian the Slytherin because he's been getting into trouble for doing some bad stuff. So. I think he, I think he would go into Slytherin. I was going to say Hufflepuff initially, but there's there's honesty there, and he's he has not been very honest so, <laughs> as we've seen as we've seen when he gets apprehended by Monel. So I think he's a Slytherin. Morgan, where would you put Brian the alien? I think that's a that's a good argument for Slytherin. I think I'm going to put him in Hufflepuff because I feel like. Brian is misunderstood, and he's just not great with money. <laughs> and I feel, I feel that Brian. I feel that we're not all, we're not all very good with money. So maybe he's just falling on hard times, and he's just doing what he's yeah, he's got just, to, what he got to do to get by. He's just a he. He's just a Hufflepuff who's who's a who's taken a turn, a, a bad turn. <laughs> possibly, possibly. I think I would put him in Slytherin because he's an ambitious businessman. We always see him wearing a suit. <laughs> He looks like he's always going to some kind of meeting or, you know, meeting with He's some... just trying to get his startup off the ground. <laughs> he Maybe he's just an entrepreneur trying to get his business started. So He's ambitious. Uh, he's ambitious. So I think that makes him very much a Slytherin. Um, and I, I felt like we needed to wrap up this whole sorting exercise <laughs> with a little snapper car. 
Um, and I want to break it down because we haven't seen a lot of Snapper Carr in season two of Supergirl, so we kind of get to know him a little bit, but but it's kind of, it's not a real deep dive into Snapper Carr, let's be honest. So I feel like we should sort Snapper Carr, the TV series version, and Snapper Carr, the comic book version, um, because those are two, <laughs> two totally different entities. So... Um, Let's go around and say what we think. The TV series, Snapper, where we would put him, and where would we put the um, the glorious comic book version of Snapper Car? Carly, let's uh, start <laughs> with you. I, you know what? I, I feel like I want to put both of them in Hufflepuff because with Snapper Car, I, I feel like the TV version kind of is a personification of the hardworking but impartial uh type because we know he definitely does not favor Kara. Let's put it that way. I don't think Snapper Car has any favorites when it comes to the CACO journalist uh <laughs> crew. Um and then I think the comic version, because he I mean for a time at least he was friendly and loyal to the super <laughs> <laughs> at least. But I I don't know. I just feel like overall when I think Snapper Car I think Hufflepuff. Uh, Morgan, where would you put the TV series version and the comic book version? So I would put the TV for the, the TV snapper car. I would put him in Ravenclaw because I think he's hardworking like a Hufflepuff, but I think he's also a little bit too abrupt to be a Hufflepuff. Like he's not really sparing Kara's feelings um, all that much, which fair. Um, she doesn't seem to be doing like a lot of work at work. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, so I think that he's very, focused on work and very smart and very organized. So I think he is kind of more of a Ravenclaw. Now, for the comic book version, I think that's all Slytherin Daddy-O. <laughs> <laughs> because obviously he he turned into a supervillain. Now he had some reasons, lost some hands, got some evil robot hands. Stuff happens. I, I mean, there were, there were circumstances. But still, I think that like once you like... I don't know, like try to kill some people and, and get into all kinds of shenanigans. Like you, you turn into a Slytherin. So I think though he might've been, uh, started out as a humble Hufflepuff. He eventually became a Slytherin. Although, I mean, he was kind of like one of those, like he was kind of a womanizer character, right? In the a beginning. So maybe he was bit. always a, maybe he was always a Slytherin. He just mm. became more Slytherin once he got his robot hand. Interesting. See, now, Morgan, you're convincing me, I think. Interesting. <laughs> That's true, because I always I always forget about his rich his rich comic history. Yes. So. Yes. <laughs> you forgot that he used to talk like a like, hey, what up, Daddy? L- like a hip like well, a hipster. that to me is that's like you want to get circles to me, but then I guess maybe after he gets his robot hands, he becomes a little <laughs> That was that that was shocking slang back in the day, though. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was the hipster stuff. That was out. how all the cool. That's how all the cool kids talked. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go TV series Hufflepuff because I think he's big on people earning their way. Um, mm. We see, we see that with Kara as a reporter, she has to kind of earn her her acceptance from him and he's he's had to put in a lot of time in his career you know cat grant knows him for all the stuff that he's done and he's had to really put in the time to get where he is now and i think that he values that but he's not so much the friendliest 
So I, 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 I struggled with him on that, but I think I'm going to put the TV series in Hufflepuff. But, I mean, the comic book version, he's definitely Slytherin. He, <laughs> he, uh, his whole thing is, like, he starts as a sidekick to the Justice League, but his desire to stop being a sidekick and get out of their shadow leads him to his downfall into supervillainy. And then, you know, he sort of... He sort of comes out of that a little bit, and he shows some leadership skills with the Blasters. He forms his own team, so he has some strong leadership skills. So I, I think you you can't put him in anything else but Slytherin. So I think that, to me, is a really interesting way to, to go about looking at Snapper, because that there's to, for me, there's two totally different characters there. One is the Hufflepuff, and one is the, the Slytherin. So I, I think that's uh, that was a, a fascinating thing to me. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for our Supergirl sorting. I had a lot of fun. I don't know uh, about you guys, but I had a lot of fun doing that. And I think we're still friends. I think we, we came <laughs> away with that. Not um, not disowning I think we did other. it, guys. We made it. <laughs> we did it. We got through it without, um, uh, you know, disbanding the podcast over our choices. Uh, <laughs> so um, so that that's awesome. Um, well, before we wrap up, though, I wanted to share some information that was passed along to us by a listener named Carla Fowler. Uh, she uh, tweeted at us saying that she was running a half marathon race in May, and she's doing it to raise money for the Muscular Dystrophy Association on behalf of her of her grandmother and her brother, whose lives have both been affected by muscular dystrophy. So we wanted to help her out and spread the word. So if you would like to help Carla with her fundraising efforts, you can go to crowdrise.com forward slash stronger dash than T-H-A-N dash muscular dash dystrophy, which is spelled D-Y-S-T-R-O-P-H-Y. So uh, best of luck to Carla in her race um that's very motivating to me because i run 5ks so i totally understand that training is very intense especially for half marathons i can't imagine so um uh, best of luck with all of your uh fundraising efforts and i think it's an amazing thing that you're doing that for your family uh so we just wanted to spread the word if you would like to donate and help carla out And if you would like to contact Supergirl Radio and tell us which Hogwarts houses you would sort the characters into, uh, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Google Play and iHeartRadio. You uh, can find us on Spotify with our literal Supergirl Radio uh, playlist there. And we are also listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com forward slash DC dash fans. We are available on iTunes and Stitcher. So if you have time, we encourage you to give us a rating and rate a review. And we're a part of the DC TV podcast network. So if you also like Gotham, Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, the DC films, and classic DC TV shows. Subscribe to our DC TV podcast mega feed and follow at DC TV podcast on Twitter and like DC TV podcast on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter at DerbyKid. That's D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. You can also find me on Instagram at the Derby Kid. That's T-H-E-D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. 
And you can check out my videos on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash duckmilkprod. That's D-U-C-K-M-I-L-K-P-R-O-D. You can find me on Twitter at my name, Carly Lane. Uh, I am currently writing for Nerdist. I'm going to be recapping uh, The Handmaid's Tale and Marvel's Iron Fist. So keep an eye out for that. I'm also writing over at Sci-Fi Wire, which is very exciting because Sci-Fi is one of my favorite channels. So that's awesome. <laughs> it's very exciting to get to write for them about all the things that I like and some things I don't. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Mojotastic. That's M-O-J-O-T-S-T-I-C. Um, you can find some of my writing on Buddy TV. And I'm also one of the co-hosts of the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. So you should check that out. All right. Well, if you would like to hang out for a quick spoiler section, because we do have some spoilers about the next episode of Supergirl. We'll be doing that after our theme music. But until then, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. I'm still Carly Lane. And I'm still Morgan Glennon. And remember... It is not our abilities that show what we truly are. It is our choices. You don't think I was afraid the first time I went out in the field? I believe you keep fighting. It's a suit-up. Relax. We have got to stop meeting like this. If you go looking for trouble, you will always find it. You're bleeding. Supergirl. All new episodes return Monday, January 23rd on The CW. And we're back. And what you just heard was the audio for what's coming up on Supergirl. The next episode is called Supergirl Lives and will be directed by Kevin Smith. The official description reads, quote, Carr is moved by the story of a missing woman named Izzy, guest star Harley Quinn Smith, which if you don't know, that's Kevin Smith's daughter, and decides to investigate despite Snapper Carr's order to leave it alone. Kara takes Monel with her to the last place Izzy was seen, and the duo find themselves thrust through a portal to another planet, Slaver's Moon, where the downtrodden are sold as slaves. The leader of the trafficking ring is none other than Roulette. To make matters worse, Slaver's Moon has a red sun, which means Kara and Monel are stripped of their powers and stuck on the planet with no way home. Meanwhile, back on Earth, Alex blames herself for Kara's disappearance, fearing she's become too focused on her new relationship with Maggie and too complacent in watching out for her sister, unquote. So what do you guys think about this enormously long description that basically <laughs> tells us everything that happens in the episode? 
Um, sounds what? like a solid episode. <laughs> it sounds like a great episode. We've seen it now. <laughs> wow, that's a long description. Um, a lot of information to take in. Uh, Carly, what are you most excited about all of that? I'll tell you what I'm not excited about. <laughs> <laughs> One guess. Good grief. <laughs> how many times are they going <laughs> to... How many times are they going to say Monel? Um, and and I, I know I will say I'm excited. Uh, Kevin Smith is directing... Uh, we know he's directed some Flash episodes. Isn't this his first? Is this his first Supergirl episode? First Supergirl episode, yep. So that's cool. And it's cool that his daughter is going to be in it, have a little cameo. I'm curious to know how she how she got sucked through a portal into another planet. <laughs> like, wow, that's intense. Um, and Roulette is coming back, so that's exciting. But could do without the Monel stuff. I'm just saying. Uh, and also I like the fact that they're kind of bringing Alex and Maggie's relationship into it because I feel like that that's like a real thing. You know, you get kind of like caught up in a, in a dating somebody and you start to forget about other people for a little bit. So I think that's kind of interesting that they're, that they're kind of, they're doing like a twist on that where, Oh man, I'm, I was you know involved with my girlfriend, and then my sister <laughs> fell through a portal to another planet. <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> Whoopsies. Um, Morgan, what about this episode description is uh, the most exciting to you? I'm excited that Kevin Smith is directing. Um, I'm definitely, I, I'm excited that Roulette's back. I really liked her, and I love uh, Jeechan Lockman. Um, I think she's great in everything, and she was so great as uh, Roulette the first time around. So I'm excited about that excited about more of um alex and maggie although it sounds like they're hitting a bump already which is kind of crazy um but <laughs> hopefully not too big of a bump and i, I like that it's going to deal with um a little bit at least from uh, at least from alex's side with her relationship with Kara. uh not nuts about her and on l being stuck uh without powers probably just you know bonding or whatever um but the rest of it i think sounds pretty pretty fun <laughs> yeah i uh am excited to see roulette again i think that's a good bit of world building we've, we've gotten to know roulette and and to see her come back is very cool um i am I, I know this is this is probably pretty typical of a supergirl radio answer but i'm glad this snapper car is coming back we get to see him again i i can't even actually think of the last time we saw i think <laughs> I think the Pelican thing was the last time we saw Snappers. So I'm, <laughs> I'm glad to see that he's coming back and that he is working with Kara, kind of dealing with her wanting to investigate a story. I think that's awesome. Um, and I'm, I'm curious about this Slaver's Moon thing with the red sun. I, I think that's going to be uh, neat to see what their take is on that and what, what it looks like. The, the trailer that came out for it made it look really cool. So I'm excited to see what Kevin Smith does with the episode. So uh, this, this all sounds like good stuff. All right. Well, um, I think that's going to do it. So thanks for listening to our spoiler section. And we'll be back with a new episode discussion next time on Supergirl Radio.